that like what we'd really like to say this episode is from the bottom of all of our hearts. <laughs> thank you, people. Thank you, people on TikTok for telling uh-huh. us about stuff we did not know. <laughs> Welcome to Fairy Tale Fix, the podcast where Abby and I tell fairy tales to each other. I'm Kelsey. I'm Abby, <laughs> and we're actually not doing that today. We are not. <laughs> Welcome to a different podcast where other people tell us stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today we are Scary Tale Fix. We are joined by two wonderful guests, um, Anna and Lindsay. Hi. Hi. Yeah, you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us about your podcast? Well, I'm Anna. And I'm Lindsay, and we are the hosts of a podcast that's true crime and paranormal called Ghosts in the Attics, Bodies in the Basement. Yes, Ghosts in the Attics, Bodies in the Basement is approaching its one-year mark. What, what? Woo, congratulations. Thanks. We are so excited to be on this uh, today and just get to hang out with you lovelies and tell you something a little interesting and different maybe that you haven't heard before and if you have pretend you haven't (laughs) (laughs) absolutely we're so excited to have you on i don't know if i've mentioned this on the podcast before but basically all of the podcasts i listen to are exclusively uh true crime and paranormal podcasts (laughs) spooky stuff so um i'm so excited that you guys reached out and wanted to collaborate i've been listening to your podcast it's so much fun so much spooky stuff Oh my gosh, yes. Kelsey Kelsey talks about your podcast constantly. Aww. <laughs> Anna with your all's podcast. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> yes, I am a diehard Fairy Tale Fix fanatic. And my husband, who doesn't really listen to podcasts, it's not like his thing. He's a very big Fairy Tale Fix fan too. Every time I'm playing a podcast, he's like, Is that the Fairy Tale Girls? I'm like, No. <laughs> he's like he's like can it be i'm like yes he doesn't listen to our podcast he does not <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's about par for the course neither does my mm-hmm. partner uh he doesn't he doesn't listen to my podcast he's well, but, yeah they hear everything we're talking about so <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> They kind of <laughs> listen to it just uh from uh, the first person perspective. <laughs> yeah. I guess they get a preview or something like that. Yeah, I think uh my husband Adam used to listen to the podcast and then slowly kind of dropped off, which is fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why well, I, I feel that because he he listens to me talk all the time. He lives with me. Mm-hmm. So why would he want to listen to me on his way to work? Right. <laughs> it's like that's his quiet time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get that. I hear her voice constantly. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I gosh. Well, we're so excited to have you here. Uh, so obviously, before we get started, I have to ask you guys a couple of questions. So, you know, usually I ask like, what's your favorite Disney princess? Well, I'm, I'm changing that up today. I would love to know what's your favorite childhood fairy tale? I'm going to make it a little bit broader. Mm-hmm. I like that. For me, I would have to say uh, it started out with Sleeping Beauty, the cartoon. A fine and choice. And then it progressed into Sleeping Beauty, the 
fairy tale slash Rumpelstiltskin anything. Oh, nice. Rumpelstiltskin, really? That was your jam? Yeah, well, he's just so mischievous. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fair. It's, That's you true. never know. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. That's very true. The Fae are always <laughs> unpredictable. And then, um, yeah. since listening to you guys, uh, Baba Yaga all day. Oh, oh yes, Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba That's Yaga been my incredible. biggest change since we started doing yes. this podcast as well. <laughs> of like just discovering just how amazing Baba Yaga is. The boss energy that Baba mm. Yaga brings to the table. <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely. <laughs> Yep. Lindsay, what about you? Well, I've always loved like the classic, like, the golden age of Disney type movies, uh-huh. like Beauty and the Beast and stuff. But I, I remembered thinking about this podcast. I had like a memory unlocked moment of this little box set with like a flip top box set that my granny and granddaddy had in their living room that I played with. And it was Grim Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. And I loved flipping through the Rapunzel book and like looking oh, at nice. all the pictures and stuff. <laughs> Nice. Such a good one. We love Rapunzel. We haven't done that one yet. No, we haven't. There's so many good. There's, well, no, there aren't so many good retellings. There's some middling to fine (laughs) 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 Rapunzel retellings, but uh, they'll be a good one someday. Mm -hmm. Probably. Um, I I also wanted to know so I think both of you have kids. Yes. What fairy tales are kids these days into? I'm very um, interested. That's a good question. I never really thought about that before. <laughs> My son likes everything spooky, so uh, yeah. of course he does. You're his mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have three girls. Oh yeah. And I asked them about fairy tales because, like, they're into all sorts of different stuff. Um, first of all, mm-hmm. the toddler, her only answer was Elsa. Nice. Sure. That's where she is in life. The oh, older yeah. two actually like the Ice Queen, like the actual story, oh, or whatever okay, version nice. that they read at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, kind of all yeah. the same thing, but not. <laughs> One yeah, of them the is Snow loosely Queen. inspired. Right. Yes, yeah. Very loosely inspired. Very loosely. Love story is amazing, though. We definitely have to cover it eventually. It is a long one, though, so we have to kind of figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it is wild. <laughs> Twists and turns for that story, for sure. Yeah, that one would definitely have to be like a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Probably well, if we ever actually did the Snow Queen. If you do, <laughs> I look forward to hearing it because any type of like, it's so intense, I have to break it into multi-parts. Like, I'm into it. Oh, yeah. You like the multi-parts? <laughs> I do. Well, because, you know, it gives you something that you know what you're getting into the next time. And it's like that cliffhanger of what's next. Hmm. Hmm. Oh man. Yeah, I'm excited to do that one. It'll be fun. It will be a good time. Have um, we done any two parters? No, I don't. I we don't have- think so. I think we have spent like one episode on one fairy tale. We haven't got to do any two parters yet. There's a lot of them out there, though. Yeah. We'll we'll get there. Anna will get her. We'll get her deepest desires. Yes. We will do. <laughs> we will do multi part series on some super long stories mm-hmm. you should do the baba yaga like like have like a trilogy of just baba yaga just nothing but baba yaga stories there are be so, so many fun. too <laughs> i imagine there are doesn't it cross multiple like regions like russian and other 
regions too? Like, Yeah, pretty much that entire corner of the world has Baba Yaga stuff. And I think there's also some crossover down into uh, German folk Ooh. tales where there's uh, not exactly a Baba Yaga figure, but there's I've definitely seen a few similarities between a few German stories and some Russian ones that I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just too good. Word of how awesome she was spread throughout you know, all of Europe, they're all aware. (laughs) Well, I'm here for it. So speaking of spooky queens, I just wanted to ask, so how did you two meet? How did you start your podcast? Tell us your journey about your journey for ghosts in the attic, bodies in the basement. I always get those switch. I feel like I always (laughs) say ghosts in the basement, bodies in the attic, and I like mess it up. (laughs) Um, well, we met when our husbands were in the military in Colorado, Mm -hmm. uh, like, almost 10 years ago, and we became fast friends. And about two years ago, I started heavily listening to podcasts and heavily suggested she also listen to podcasts. She caved. And from there, <laughs> I had the like audacity to think I should be on a platform in general. And I was like, <laughs> well, we could do this right? We talk constantly. That's what podcasting is, is just talking. Mm -hmm. And so it took about a year to it, figure out a lot of things and we're still figuring things out as we go. Um, but it took about a year to make our first episode and it's just been fun ever since. Mm -hmm. Got some Um, (laughs) And tell us about the network you're on. Are there any, like what other podcasts are on the network and we are a part of Fearscape Media Network, and a lot of the podcasts on there are in the realm of paranormal. There are some other ones, such as, uh, oh man, I can't think of the name of it right now, but she gets drunk and talks about stuff. <laughs> binge drinking and... Uh, wishful oh, thinking. Wishful thinking, yes. Or is it binge that's thinking, a- wishful drinking? So many Something. good titles. I know, that's yeah. a great title. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't wishful drinking like the title of someone's memoir was that carrie fisher i can't remember that's that's a non sequitur. Mm-hmm. that's not important skip it <laughs> <laughs> a few others are uh mysters of the dark and um you're beyond the veil which we were on, on the for their halloween yeah. special there's so many good podcasts on the network it's kind of hard to keep up with all of them mm-hmm. it is wishful drinking binge thinking i checked <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, so if anyone wanted to find you, what's the best way to find you? How do they find your your podcast, your network? Um, our network is just fearscapemedia.com. And you mm-hmm. can find us on all socials as GABB podcast. You've racked up a few episodes at this point, uh, a year in. Where would you, what, what is your favorite episode that you've done? We had our very first guest speaker and it was the great, great grandson of H.H. Holmes. Oh, that's so cool. It was really interesting to get to meet him and talk with him. Mm-hmm. And he basically was this giant con artist who also killed a lot of people in his murder castle in Chicago. And murder there castle. are also Wow. Yes. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Which is not, not a post office. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and he also is theorized to potentially be Jack the Ripper. Oh. Yeah, that's right. In Chicago? He traveled to Europe, uh, allegedly, at the same time as Jack the Ripper. Gotcha. Okay, and you actually had, like, one of his descendants on to talk about it. That is super cool. So, okay, fun fact. What's your favorite episode you guys have done so far since you've hit a year mark? 
Oh. I was just trying to think of that. That's why I awkwardly paused because my brain, <laughs> my brain just took me off down to like, what would I say our favorite episode is? Um, Mine's I, definitely the, I feel terrible, but it's this Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> we mention it every other episode. I know. It was one of the first random readings. And I think I got Dapplegram. This was actually, no, it was the second random reading we did where we just picked one. a story. And it was just so funny because we were just talking about how there's so much horse murder in fairy tales. And I happened to pick a fairy tale where literally dozens of horses are getting murdered. And I was laughing so hard. I think Dustin had to cut out like 10 minutes of me just cry laughing because I couldn't get it out. (laughs) It was just just like going. He just kept killing horses like over and over. And I was like, what is going on? And she hadn't, she still hadn't managed to read the paragraph to me. So I was sitting there not knowing anything about why she was just dying. And uh, I, that one was a fun one. It was really fun. I liked that one a lot. I, I, I don't know. I think my favorite, uh, it's again, it's one where we break format, but it's, it's the one where we did, um, we did Rumpelstiltskin and the three Billy Groats Gruff. We did oh, like yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey read the, uh, the traditional versions of them, and then mm-hmm. I read the uh, politically correct satirical versions of they're them. So and I think funny. they're so funny. <laughs> I, that that book is so good. Oh no, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I take it back. Uh, it's definitely the episode. It's the it's it's our it's our Christmas episode from last year where Kelsey read me the oh fir tree, and then I read the snowman, and it was just so surprisingly <laughs> horny. i think so far if i had to pick a favorite which it's very difficult of your show it's when you guys covered the shrek like where shrek originated from and like you guys were like is donkey gonna be in this and like i don't know it's just so much fun listening (laughs) to that because i'm a shrek fan since like adolescence so It's it's good stuff um and it was amazing it was such a fun story so I still have the book. I actually am planning on giving it to my niece soon because it's so cute. She's going to love it. All right. Well, speaking of awesome fairy tales, do you guys want to get into it? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. We're so excited. So Anna and Lindsay have two stories that they're going to tell us. Yeah. And uh, Lindsay, uh, what what is the title of the the one that you're going to be telling? It is called Maui. It's just called Maui. It's just called Maui. Edith Howe's version. Edith Howe's version. Okay. Um, I before we got into uh, the origin or the the story of the you know Hawaiian uh, trickster god slash folk hero Maui, I did want to take a quick pause uh, to acknowledge a couple truths about the context of this conversation. As for white women who love a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we wanted to acknowledge and hold great respect for the fact that. Uh, for Native Hawaiians, this is not just a story. It's part of the mythology of their land, and it's also a part of their religion. It should also be mentioned that practicing their religion was outlawed around 1831, and Native Hawaiians would have had to tell this story and practice their other traditions in secret until the American Indian Religious Freedom Act of 1978 made it legal for them to practice again in public. So just wanted to mention that, that we are extraordinarily privileged to be able to share this story with you and uh, that that's just something to think about. Yeah. And just crazy that, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. 
I, we were talking about this earlier, but I learned yeah. that from TikTok. It's where I get all of my history lessons these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is so, crazy. Which is wild that they just don't tell you about these things in elementary school uh, mm-hmm. around here at all. So Mm -hmm. I've also, I'm going to be putting a couple of the Instagram and TikTok handles of the people that educated me um, into our show notes so that uh, you can go follow them if if you want to. They are actual Native Hawaiian people. And so you can get the information not filtered through me. And then secondly, I also just wanted to mention that uh, these islands are gorgeous and we all love to visit when we can, but it is important to do so respectfully and with the awareness that the Hawaiian Islands' largest unhoused population is Native Hawaiians, the people Mm -hmm. whose land it originally is. And uh, that's in large part because of the economic impact of tourism from the mainland. So we'll be linking some guides on ethical tourism in Hawaii and ways Native Hawaiians have asked for support. And uh, that'll also all be in the show notes for you to check out. So that said, and that out of the way, Lindsay, tell me the story of Maui. I am deeply, deeply curious. Abby and I are both going to be making predictions because we actually oh, don't have something story. else we do on our show. <laughs> is that do, something sometimes do? if we don't forget. <laughs> All right. So what's the predictions? All right. I'm going to go first. Um, you know, and a lot of this is probably going to be based on my very limited knowledge about Maui and probably from like Disney's uh, Moana, because that's literally mm-hmm. the only idea I even have. That's actually what got me curious to look it up. Nice. Yeah, I do love that movie. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie is so good. All right. Um, I think my first prediction for Maui is going to be... My first prediction is that I think Maui turning into some sort of animal is important to the story. Okay. But why am I saying that? I'm not telling the story. That's up to Lindsay. I'm going to shut up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) My second prediction, it is a creation story, like, of the island, or of the island And my third prediction is going to be that I want to do something totally different. I want to predict that (laughs) there is some sort of magical talisman. I guess that's still kind of based on the heart of Tefi to you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to guess with that, that there is some sort of magical talisman that's important to the story. I will start off by saying there are multiple Maui stories, and this is just one of them. Okay, yeah. So he's more like Baba Yaga in that sense. (laughs) <laughs> I, I did not look to see how many stories there were. This is just one. And it's the one that started when he was a baby. So that's why I picked it. Okay. Nice. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Let me start by saying I tried to look up pronunciations. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the names in here, I guess, is names in several languages. And I'm not sure which pronunciation was the correct one. So my apologies to everybody. <laughs> I'm trying. That's. I think. I think as long as we try... Mm-hmm. We can be we can be forgiven for <laughs> mispronunciations. I'm not trying to butcher it, but I am a white girl from the United States. But so. you also don't speak any Polynesian languages, so exactly. I picked up a few words in Bora Bora, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> and I don't even remember them. <laughs> um, damn. What do I want to do for my three? Okay, well, you you gave me the clue that Maui is a baby in this story already. Um, and all I can picture now is 
scenes from Hercules, the Disney cartoon, where he's picking up really heavy stuff <laughs> as a baby. Strong baby. I love that. I feel like yeah, you should I'm make gonna, that prediction. I'm going to predict that Maui is a strong baby. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's cute. Um, this story will cover... See, now I'm moving on to The Incredibles. Uh, Maui will cause <laughs> a lot of chaos as he crawls around, a la Jack-Jack. <laughs> chaos, so strong, baby. Strong chaos, baby, is my, predict- my chaos, key prediction. Here's so <laughs> Disney's next movie. Oh, my gosh. Right? I really I want that so badly. Maui history movie? Yes. Yes. I If they could get... Like I really, I would love a tie-in sequel that's just about Maui. Yes, um, that would be super cool. I also have a giant crush on The Rock, so like literally, oh, I love The Rock. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, strong chaos baby who, uh, by the end of the story, has created a valley or something. Okay. <laughs> in a valley or something all right i wrote those down (laughs) in his chaotic chaotic crawling i picture a little baby maui with his curly locks i know that sounds really adorable does i know love it Uh, these are just my hopes and my wishes and my dreams for the story so and i'm trying not to like anna has a very good poker face because i know you've already heard Uh the story i'm trying So so hard not to give away with my face i'm just like plastered smile like all is good all right Lindsay, take it away all right when he was a baby maui was lost on the seashore but though lost he was not harmed for the sea creatures to care of him little waves rocked him to and fro jellyfish made a soft bed for him seaweeds floated above his limbs to shelter him beach winds crooned light cradle songs to lull him off to sleep that is so cute i know that's our introduction for the movie I already want this movie. Like, that's so cute. I know. Oh, my God. I love the idea of sea creatures taking care of this little uh-huh. baby. It does make me think of the start of Moana when she's on mm-hmm. the beach with the baby turtle. Yep. Yep. He slept happily till hungry seabirds spied him. In their cruel eyes and strong hooked beaks, they gathered around him, eager for a feast. The seaweeds tossed themselves above him as protection, but the birds would certainly have devoured him had not Rangi looked down from the sky and observed his danger. He called to the mountains, lift that child from the sea and hand him up to me. Mountains stooped, lifted Maui from his dangerous bed and held him high as they could reach. Rangi stretched down his arms, took the little baby and lifted him into the sky. Disappointed seabirds flew away and the kindly jellyfish and seaweeds were at liberty once more to float about on their own important businesses. And, you know... I do kind of, I do kind of like that for them because there is an element just kind of like there's just this baby. We're taking care of it. We're not really. Like, we have to things that, to do. Yeah. I've, I'm an adult. I'm an enterprising adult, small business jellyfish owner, and I, you know, can't. I, please take this baby. Please <laughs> do mountains. In the Skyland, Maui lived with Rangi until he was 12 years old. The life was very different from that which he would have lived amongst his brothers on Earth. Sky foods and cloud beds, sky games and sky work made the most made a most unusual boy of him. Best of all, Rangi taught him magic. Through his magic lessons, Maui learned how to lift with ease a thing hundred times as big as himself. How to stretch a few feet of any substance so far that the further end became invisible. How to make himself invisible. 
how to change himself into any bird or animal he wish. Is that a point for Kelsey? Do I spell a point for Kelsey? I, I believe you both have a point. Strong because he and strong changes. He was right. 12. Or, I'll take or, that. I, you know. <laughs> a child, not maybe not an infant, but maybe not a baby. <laughs> Anything under 21 is a baby. Under 12, you know what, Anna? I'm taking that. I am absolutely I that. taking that. 100%. <laughs> Strong baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Rangi taught him also many new ways of making ropes and fish hooks, spears and axes, better ways than any Earthman knew. Now he looked down on Earth and saw his brothers at play. May I not go to them? He asked Rangi. With them is my real home. Go down if you wish, replied Rangi. I would not keep you here if you prefer a life on Earth, but promise first to teach your brothers the useful lessons I have taught you. Now he gladly Aww. promised. He said goodbye to Rangi and was gently lowered to the beach by his mother's house. There his brothers were playing. So he was born from a mortal woman. Yes. And so these are all his actual brothers. Yes. He was just lost. He, but he and the sea took care of him. And the yes. sea took care of him. Okay. That's, awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. That is so cool. <laughs> I love that a lot. This mm-hmm. is very, this is a little bit, it's a little bit Hercules. The cartoon. Yeah, a little bit. bit. <laughs> all right, there were his on. brothers playing. He joined in their game, but they all stopped to stare at the strange boy. Who are you? One of them asked. I am your brother, he answered. They would not believe him. We have no brother, they said. They ran to the house and told their mother that a strange boy calling himself their brother had come to play with them. She hurried out to question him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am your little boy, he said. I was lost on the seashore and have lived with Rangi ever since. His mother believed him and took him into the house. She kissed him and told his brothers to be kind to him. So Maui lived at home. He taught his brothers the useful arts that Rangi had taught him, and he kept them amused by his marvelous tricks. At first, they were jealous of their mother's love for her recovered son. They were inclined to quarrel and be spiteful, but he showed them his magic powers and so won their admiration. Nice. He pulled a whale onto the beach, using only one hand in the effort. Okay, no, I'm sorry. That's rude. That doesn't seem like a good magical (laughs) (laughs) Also, I want to say I do kind of love this. uh, I like this so far because in the Moana story, Maui talks about how his parents didn't want him. So yes, I did of, much this prefer this. Yeah. This is much sweeter than mm-hmm. him trying to gain human affection because his parents yeah. hated him. Right? Oh, no, I love this so much more that like no yes. his mother like his mother like probably do, like dearly missed him and was super worried mm-hmm. about him and then he actually mm-hmm. comes back like that's insane. Um right. But on the so other well. hand his brothers are all like Meg you're here. So we don't he can't win everything. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something. But he taught them that. magic, so they like that. Is that. Who wouldn't love that? I don't love him pulling a poor whale up onto the beach, though. That's <laughs> with one yeah. hand. With one hand. That is Did impressive. Did he put it I'm back? <laughs> <laughs> Just throws it back. back. Right? Is catch it catch and release, and release whale? <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, he changed himself into all the different birds, one after another. He made himself invisible. Awed by his strange powers, his brothers seized their persecution. When he was grown up, he wandered around the village one night and put out all of the fires. This was a serious matter, for the secret of making fire had long been lost. For many years, the fires had never been allowed to die out. Now they were gone, and nobody knew how to start another. In the morning, the people cried out in dismay. Naughty Maui. Right. Is that trickster. Naughty little boy. I'm, I'm actually really upset because I was going to predict that fire was going to be important. And then I decided to go with the talisman thing because I was like, why fire? <laughs> Something told you. Dang it. <laughs> Should follow your instincts. Go with your gut. Should have. Look how uh, well it worked out for me with my strong chaos baby. <laughs> strong chaos baby. And he was. <laughs> a 
whatever the chances. <laughs> in the morning, the people cried out in dismay. Some enemy has entered the paw and served us this ill turn, they lamented. How shall we warm ourselves and cook our food? This was the opportunity Maui had been seeking. See how helpless we are when our fires go out, he said. What we need is the secret of making fire. <laughs> the opportunity he'd been seeking slash created for himself. Created for himself. <laughs> because yes. he is a girl boss. <laughs> Boy boss. <laughs> go out there and create your own opportunities. That's Maui's mm-hmm. philosophy. <laughs> I will go to the fire goddess for this secret. People exclaimed in horror at his daring. His mother begged him not to expose himself to such danger, but Maui would go. He went gaily through the dreary, dark passages that led below the earth to the cave of the fire goddess. That's cool. Hey, our fires on the earth are out, he said to her. I have come to you for help. Fire goddess pulled fire from one of her fingertips, lit a stick with it, and gave the stick to Maui. He set off for home, but he was not satisfied. This will start our fires, he thought, but it will not teach us how to kindle fire. It is Mm -hmm. not what we need. Coming to a pool of water, he purposely dropped the flaming stick in it. The fire went out. He carried the stick back to the fire goddess. See, he said, I dropped the stick in the water. Please give me another. (laughs) I'm so clumsy. Oh, Oh, no. What happened completely on accident? You're just going to have to teach me how to make it. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't. He said, please give me another. Oh, okay. Well, you know. The fire goddess drew fire from her next fingertip, lit another stick, and handed it to Maui. Still disappointed, Maui treated the second stick as he had treated the first. Nine times he came back, and nine times the fire goddess, usually pa- unusually patient, threw fresh fire from a fingertip. But at the tenth request, she woke up to the fact that Maui was tricking her, that he was, in fact, trying to take all of her fire from her in order to discover how she set to work to make new flame. <laughs> Angry at his presumption, she dashed the tenth fire on the ground. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> this this kid is beguiling me. <laughs> Ten times. Ten times to get it. Um she's just a really good, you know. She's unusually patient. Maybe it's because of the chaos baby energy. Yeah, she, she really liked his chaos baby. Look, yeah. I heard Rongi raised you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, this kid is just really clumsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many puddles around? There's so many puddles around. (laughs) Um, Angry at his presumption, she dashed the tenth fire on the ground. From where it fell, a burst of fierce flames sprang. In a moment, the whole place was ablaze. Maui fled, the raging goddess after him, which makes me think of Teka running across the ocean to Moana. Uh I wonder if that's where they got that idea. Could be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely some similar imagery. Mm Mm-hmm. Faster than the goddess came the fire. It roared through the passage, coming out to the earth close behind him. The surrounding forest caught, and Maui was soon wreathed in flames. Speed could not save him, for the fire was ahead. He no! must use his magic. He changed himself into a hawk and flew high above the flames. The air above the fire was unbearably hot. Looking down, he saw a pool of water. I'll cool myself there, he thought. He dived into the pool, but to his horror, he found the water boiling with the heat of the fire. He rose hurriedly again into the air. As far as he could see, on every side, the land was on fire. Even the sea was boiling with the heat. But what to do, he could not think, nor how to save his mother's house and all the houses of the pub. His own life, too, was in danger. He felt he could not bear the heat much longer. Suddenly, he remembered Rongi. Suddenly, he remembered the guy who's raised him for 12 years. (laughs) He was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) You know who'd be good in this situation? Oh, yeah, I know the sky father. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's my stepdad. He cried to him for help. Send rain, he begged. Rongi heard the cry, saw Maui's danger, and sent rain at once. 
The fire was so great that the rain could not quench it, so he gathered all the rain clouds and storms of the sky and sent down a deluge that made a flood. That put the fire out. Higher and higher rose the flood, till the fire goddess was thoroughly soaked and almost drowned. She fled in terror to her cave. All her fire was lost except for some sparks which she threw in the tops, tops of the tallest trees. Now he was saved. He went home and related his adventures. His people had been terror-stricken at the sight of the great fire and the flood and were rejoiced to welcome him. But where is the fire you went to find? asked his mother. It's in the tops of some trees, said Maui. He climbed the trees, <laughs> broke off small dried branches. I definitely put it there on purpose. It was all part, <laughs> was of, the all part of the plan. <laughs> oh, um, it's up there where I always intended it to be. <laughs> he climbed the trees, broke off small dried branches. He rubbed the branches upon one another until sparks flew out. He caught the sparks and twigs and blew them into flames. He had found the secret of making fire. Ever since, his people have made the fires from branches of these trees. Ian. Awesome. That was amazing. That's really cool. That was so good. I really wish there was a movie about this. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I think they do talk about, I mean, you know, like Maui has this whole song in Moana where it's like, you know, I brought the fire. And he does say he raised, he pulled the fire up. Yeah. So I'm sure it was a reference to the story. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love it. I want Me more too. stories from Maui. That, <laughs> There's a lot. that was Karen. so enjoyable. Or at least a few. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need to make a prequel to Moana, and it should just be called You're Welcome, the Maui story. <gasps> yes. 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 Oh my gosh. Disney, The Rock, hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> We've got all the ideas. All the specifically, ideas. Specifically, The Rock, hit all of us up. We would yes. not be girl yes. at all. Yes. <laughs> Please. That would be fine. Dwayne. <laughs> Call me. Okay, so I counted a point for each. At least. I Angel and the two, chaos drink. Yeah, I counted two for Abby since it was a strong and chaos baby. He was a strong <laughs> he, he chaos did do baby. Chaos. Yes. He did do he did do chaos. He did not yeah. make anything. He destroyed stuff mm-hmm. instead. Um but I do I'm- I do love that sort of um, similar theme. I feel like it crops up in a lot of different mythologies around the world is the concept Mm -hmm. that you had to, that, you know, we had to steal fire from the gods. Mm -hmm. Um, That the the, the secret of fire had to be tricked out of the gods. Yeah. uh, Seems to be a common theme all around the world. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Except Maui didn't get chained to a rock and have his liver eaten by eagles once a day. So um, <laughs> well, yeah. he really got away with something there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Hawaiian gods aren't douchebags like Zeus. So yeah, probably not. anybody yeah. like Zeus though. Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's a special boy and we all hate mm. him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, do you have a fix for the story at all? I feel like, especially considering my knowledge prior was just Moana, mm-hmm. I feel this is a much better story than yeah. being just discarded by the humans. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I can't think of, the only fix I could think of is that he never even tried to ask the fire goddess. Yeah. Just automatically, <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. mm, nope. So <laughs> I, I know that she said that she, I know that the story had said that she caught on, that he was trying to figure it out or whatever, but he never even directly asked. Yeah. That's a really I good think- point. I think her being angry had more to do with the fact that he was tricking her than what exactly. he wanted. Ten times. It was on her tenth yeah. finger. Yeah. And if he was just like, hey, can you teach us fire? Maybe it like, wouldn't have gone that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, I think that's a great fix for the story. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, at some point she had to run out of patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then she yeah. lit the whole island on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anna, did you have a fix for the story? Kind of agree with Lindsay on this one. If he could have just asked instead of being tricky. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. That yeah. was so much fun. Thank you like for it. telling us that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trickster stories are always are always so great mm-hmm. about just like, you're just mischievous, yeah. so you get into trouble, but then you find a way to save the day and get yourself back out of it again. So you're still- <laughs> You're the hero, even though you hero. created all the problems yeah. to begin with. <laughs> you put out all the fires to begin with. <laughs> there would have been no problem, but also uh, humanity would not have been able to make fire if he oh, oh. Uh, wasn't kind of a, a mischievous boundary pusher. So <laughs> go Maui. Thank you for telling us that story, Lindsay. That was great. Uh, well told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Anna, what story, what story are you telling us? I stumbled across a TikTok. TikTok mm-hmm. is where everything comes from. It's the yeah. font of all knowledge these days. And so. it said something loosely along the lines of, did you know the corpse bride was inspired by a fairy tale? And I said, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And it was inspired by the fairy tale called The Finger. And it's of Jewish and Russian folklore. Okay. I guess there's multiple versions. The one that mm-hmm. I'm going to be telling is from Howard Schultz. The book is Lilith's Cave, Jewish Tales of the Supernatural. Now, I did not get my hands on a out-of-production book, uh, unfortunately. But I did find a website that had... The story told. So if it's not exact as it is in the book, I apologize. This is the best I could find, but it really intrigued me. So before I get started, does anybody have any predictions about the finger? I'll go first this time since Kelsey had to go last time. Oh, man, I am very excited. I am doing my level best to recall anything about the corpse bride. I think I only watched it once. (laughs) The main protagonist will be a uh, simple village lad. The corpse bride is someone that he knows. Ooh, okay. And he will and he will die by the end of the story. That is that is what I predict. All right. Miss Kelsey, any predictions? Okay. I am going to predict that the finger is disembodied. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, I forgot it was even called the finger. I went completely <laughs> I went completely in the corpse bride direction with it. I forgot there were like bones or fingers involved. <laughs> I just I'm so excited to find out why it's called the finger. Um yeah, I haven't seen the corpse bride in a while either. You know what? I'm gonna predict that the protagonist is murdered. Ooh. It has nothing to do with the bride. Just the protagonist is <laughs> murdered. Okay. I like it. Or attempted murdered. Maybe not murdered, but attempted at least. <laughs> may may be murdered. Check. Yeah. And then right. my last prediction. Oh, oh, I know what I want to predict. And this is weird, but I feel like this is in almost every Russian folktale that I've read. I want to predict that. I want to predict that somebody says there's a Russian smell. Okay. 
Because <laughs> yes. that happens in like every story. It somebody really says, does. I smell a Russian smell. It's like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would like to predict. Perfect. Okay. Do you have any predictions, Lindsay? I guess going Corpse Bride route, I predict that they do somehow get married. Okay. Oh, I love that. All right. Let's see who gets some points. Once <laughs> upon a time, there was a young man who lived in a village in Russia, and he was to be married. He and his friend prepared to go to the village where his bride-to-be lived. It was a two-day walk from his own village. The first night, the two friends decided to set up camp by the river. The young man who was going to be married spotted an unusual-looking stick in the ground that looked oh, like no. a bony finger. Oh, God. <gasps> he and his friend started joking about the bony fingers sticking out of the ground and the young man who was to be married took the golden ring out from his pocket and put it on the strange looking stick why would you do that that's that's kind of a nice thing to do of course and then (laughs) he started to do the wedding dance around the stick he danced around with the golden ring three times and sang the Jewish wedding song and recited the entire marriage sacrament as he danced around the stick. Why? And he and his friend laughed the whole time. Okay, but why? Don't <laughs> like, do that. Never do a binding spiritual ceremony around I, a finger. I feel like, like they left out they may have been drunk in this, but that's just yeah, it must I feel be. like that's important. It's my own feelings. It's I not hope. in the story. <laughs> they have vodka with them that they have been liberally. Right. Enjoying. What if I married the stick? Right. What if I did the full wedding ceremony? I love that that's the first like thing they decided to do. (laughs) Like their fun suddenly stopped when the earth started to rumble and shake beneath their feet. I love this so much. Where the stick had been had opened up, and a very bedridden looking corpse emerged. She had been a bride, but was now barely more than skeleton held together by shreds of skin, still wearing an old torn white silk wedding dress. Worms and spiders' webs hung on the once beaded bodice and tattered veil. The two men were aghast. Ah, she said, you have done the wedding dance and pronounced the marriage vows. You have put the ring on my finger. Now we are man and wife. I demand your rights (laughs) as your bride. Yes. I love I love yes. her. <laughs> She's I love not having so anything go astray this time. She's like, it's happening. It's like I You did the dance. I have the ring. It's happening. The dress. <laughs> it's binding, and I'm already dead, so you can't murder me. <laughs> Shuddering with terror at the corpse bride's words, the two men fled to the village where the young bride was waiting to be married. They went straight to the rabbi. Rabbi, the young man breathlessly asked, I have a very important question to ask you. If by some chance you were walking (laughs) in the woods and happened to see a stick that looked like a long bony finger coming out of the ground, and you happened to put a golden ring on the finger and do the wedding dance and pronounce the vows, is it indeed a real marriage? Is that that binding? (laughs) Rabbi, I did something stupid. I did something stupid. How stupid, you might ask. Let me tell you. The rabbi, looking very puzzled, said, do you know of such a situation? <laughs> why would why would anyone do that ever? Yeah. 
It says, oh, no, no, of course not. Just a hypothetical question. <laughs> stroking, stroking his long beard thoughtfully, the rabbi said, let me think about it. <laughs> and then a big gust of wind blew the door open and walked in the corpse bride. I lay claim to this man as my husband, for he has placed the, wing, the ring on my finger and pronounced the solemn marriage vows. She demanded her bony finger rattling as she shook it, intending at the, her bridegroom. Mm, uh, mm, I think she's absolutely in <laughs> the right this. here. He did this to himself. Uh -huh. Oh, look, it's the consequences of his actions. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is indeed a very serious matter. I'll have to consult with other rabbis said the rabbi. <laughs> yeah. Soon all the rabbis from the surrounding village were gathered. They went into conference while the two men anxiously awaited their decision. <laughs> all the rabbis. All the rabbis. So much. <laughs> the corpse bride waited on the porch, tapping her foot, declaring, I want to celebrate my wedding night with my husband. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like chilling. her. <laughs> I do. She, she, I she love takes so what much. she wants. <laughs> She's got it all figured out. Um, she really does. <laughs> these chilling words made every hair on the young man's body stand on end, though it yep. was a warm summer's day. Yeah, that makes Ooh. sense. Yeah. She is dead. So. <laughs> While the rabbis were conferencing, the real human bride arrived and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. When her fiancé explained just what happened, she started weeping. Oh, my life is ruined. All my hopes and dreams are shattered. I'll never be married. Never have a family. Just then the rabbis came out and asked, did you indeed put a gold ring on the finger? And did you dance around three times? And did you indeed pronounce your wedding vows in their entirety? The two young men who by this time were cowering in the far corner, nodded their heads, looking very serious. The rabbis <laughs> went back in conference again. <laughs> like okay okay like this really happened <laughs> i want to hear the conversation like uh, so i accidentally married this this corpse <laughs> so here's the thing there was a stick right right and it yeah. was funny but like oops yeah and the poor human bride <laughs> right? i know but honestly maybe dodged a bullet he doesn't I seem <laughs> like yeah, the maybe. brightest um, he seems like he gets drunk and does really yeah. stupid things. So yeah. maybe it sounds like it was some dodge. bachelor party shenanigans. I mean, <laughs> like, that's true. It seemed like a, a tame party. <laughs> it was not. Um, so they went back to conference, and the bride, the young bride, wept bitter tears while the corpse bride was now gloating at the prospect of her long-awaited wedding night. <laughs> oh my gosh so good that's so good oh. after a short while the rabbi solemnly marched out took their seats and announced since you put the wedding ring on the finger of the corpse bride and you danced around it three times reciting the wedding vows we have determined that this is a proper wedding ceremony so we have decided that the dead have no claim upon the living so the dead have no claim upon the living but yet it is a proper ceremony mm -hmm. okay so that's so that's the question they were weighing yeah, they were trying to figure it out. Slight murmurings could be heard from all corners, and the young bride was especially relieved. The corpse bride, however, howled, Oh, there goes my last chance for life. I'll never have my dreams fulfilled. It's forever lost. She collapsed on the floor. It was a pathetic sight. A heap of bones in a tattered wedding gown 
lying there, lifeless. Overcome with compassion for the corpse bride, the young bride knelt down and gathered up that old heap of bones carefully against shredded silk finery and held her close, half saying, half murmured, as if cradling an infant. Don't worry. I'll live your dreams for you. I'll live your hopes for you. I'll live. Aww. I'll have children for you. Aww. I'll have enough children for the two of us, and you can rest in peace knowing that our children and our children's children <laughs> will be well cared for and will not forget us. Tenderly, she closed the eyes of the corpse bride. Tenderly, she held her in her arms and slowly and with measured steps marched down to the river with her frail body, took her down by the river where she dug a shallow grave and laid her in it and crossed the bony arms over the bony chest, one hand clasping with one hand the ring on it and folded the wedding gown around her. She whispered, may you rest in peace. I will live your dreams for you. Do not worry. We will not forget you. Oh, okay. I did not expect to like get choked up. I know. I feel like it's really sweet. It is. For a Russian fairy tale, it's not as dark as I expected. No, that is so kind. Like I am, I am also tearing up a little bit over here. I've I've read this several times and it still affects me. Like I thought I could like pull through. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. a very good job. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So she, she buried her gently. The corpse bride looked happy and at peace in her new grave as if somehow she knew she would be fulfilled throughout this young bride. And the young Mm -hmm. bride covered her up slowly. The corpse covered up the tattered wedding gown in the shallow grave, covered it all up with the earth and put wildflowers all over the grave and stones around Mm -hmm. it. The young bride went back to her fiance and they were married in a very solemn wedding ceremony. Are you sure you still want him? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, she did make a promise to a dead lady. She has to fulfill it somehow. She has to marry someone. (laughs) Someone. (laughs) (laughs) They lived many happy years together. And all their grandchildren and grandchildren and great-grandchildren were told the story of the corpse bride. And so she was not forgotten, nor was the wisdom and compassion she taught them had been forgotten either. The end. Oh, Oh my gosh. Wow. I did not expect that. That went from, like, kind of a horror story to just, like, the most beautiful, It was so touching. So touching. Mm. I I was not expecting that even a little. And listen, if this is not the way it reads in the book, I'm okay with this story being what it is. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get my hands on an out-of-production book, but what I found on the internet did please me quite well. So Um, let's see. Abby gets a point because he was a villager. Uh He was indeed a simple village lad because he did (laughs) not make good decisions. (laughs) Yeah, I did not get any points at all. No points. Lindsay did not get a point because he did not fully marry the corpse bride. Um, so one point to be held. Does anyone have any fixes? Champion. I want to know how the corpse bride died. Yeah. And why she was just lying in a shallow grave in the wood with in the woods with her fingers in sticking out in a wedding dress. In a wedding dress. dress. Yeah. So yeah, curious. I want to know what happened to her. Um, other than that, no, that was perfect. Yeah. That was beautiful. I did have one thing, and it was yeah. why did they rebury her in another shallow grave? Well, probably because they couldn't. He was so drunk he couldn't find where he found her to begin with. That's just my guess. I feel like maybe bury her in a place where this can't happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or like in well, the family grave or cemetery yeah, or something. In the family plot. 
You know, it was just so touching. My fix is weird. I hope that the ghost of the corpse bride visits everyone once a year and tells them magical stories. Um, Oh, uh, I love that. Like she gets to come visit and see all the people on their wedding anniversary. anniversary. Oh, Cause all cool. three of us are in a fix. weird relationship together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you promised. <laughs> well, now I- she oh, told God. the, the young bride told the corpse bride all these sweet, sweet things. And it's just like, I don't know if it was like sentiment that was meant or if it was just a way to appease her to get her to go away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd like to think I- she was being sincere. Me too. I, I do mean- too. It was so touching. Like, it was dark in the beginning. As soon as you said, as soon as she said, our children, I got like, my heart just like, Uh oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's almost like even she, the bride, didn't expect it because at first she's like crying, like, my life is over. Mm -hmm. This this lady's ruined this. And then she collapses on the ground. She's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I love that it kind of, that it also ended as a story of, um, about about compassion and about taking mm-hmm. and about taking care of other people and and um, about remembering those who have passed. Yeah, I I really like that. That's where it ended, even though it kind of started in like kind of like a dark, gross, funny place, and then there yeah. was sort of like some some jealousy issues around the middle, um, and then and then it, and then it ended in like such a such a beautiful. beautiful oh, place. I have another fix. They would include somewhere in the story that he was drunk because you'd have to be. Yeah. He right. must. I mean, I would not be surprised if there were a ver- if there was a version or two out there that did explicitly mention that this dude was drunk. I like, mean, otherwise, like, what, what are you doing, putting your ring on a stick? Gosh, is that That's what is that a what funny happens? Joke, unless you're drunk, in, <laughs> is that what happens in the Disney's version? Is that is that a so he movie? he trips and he drops the ring and it like I think it falls okay. on the stick at first and then he's like oh. Because he's like practicing the wedding vows in the movie and mm-hmm. he trips and it falls onto what he thought was a stick. And when he went to pick it up, he picks up a hand, like a, mm-hmm. a whole person raises with it. Mm-hmm. But that's been a minute since I've seen The Corpse Bride. Yeah, it looks like it is on HBO Max. I'm going to watch that tonight because I haven't yes. seen that in ages. I haven't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'd like to see how Tim Burton twists and turns it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. now that we know the actual story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. That was amazing. Thank you, Anna, for telling us that story. Thank you, TikTok, for telling me it even existed. <laughs> and this episode is dedicated to TikTok, the best uh-huh. app ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than just dancing. We swear. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, learn everything I know from TikTok now. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh! Thank you, Anna and Lindsay, again, so much for joining us. That was so much fun. We loved having you on. Um, Tell everyone again how they can find Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement. Thank you so much for having us. First of all, and it was a dream come true for me. But I don't know if it was for anyone else. Like to be on. This podcast means so mm-hmm. much to me because I've listened to you guys on loop so many times. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, you can find us on all platforms at GABB podcast, or you could email us at G- uh, GABB podcast at gmail.com. And we're on everywhere you can listen to podcasts. 
anywhere and everywhere. Thank you guys so much for having us on. This has been awesome. Yeah, uh, you've been you two have been such a treat to have on, and we're super excited to uh, you know uh, have an exchange and come on your podcast. Uh, Absolutely, at some point in the near future, I think. Like, I'm I'm so happy that we actually connected and we're getting to know each other, and uh, we've got a lot of fun collaborations going on. Yes, it's yes, great. it's super yes. fun, and I mean, we made pod friends. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the best part of having been of having been doing this at all is getting to uh-huh. meet new people who were just like the same stuff. It's so mm-hmm. hard to make friends as an adult that I yeah. feel like I had to resort to podcasting to find other adults <laughs> who like the things I like. I feel that deeply. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for having us. Well, thank you so much for listening to Fairy Tale Fix. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher. And of course, make sure to check out our good friends at Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement. <laughs> if you love the show and want to support us, you can get extra episodes, merch, books, and other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fairytalefixpod. And please make sure to email us your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, and other such things at info at fairytalefixpod.com. I would say I definitely stand by that Maui needs to just ask next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the ghost of the corpse bride should get to come back and visit everyone on the anniversary of the wedding every year. And see how they've all turned out. And they all lived happily ever, ever after. after. The yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs>